Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? We're here an hour earlier than usual for the Canadians Connection Podcast. We're glad to have you along and uh, making that journey with us just one hour in advance of our usual time because the Montreal Canadiens, of course, playing in uh, their Super Bowl weekend matinee game. That gets going tonight, or rather this afternoon, against the New Jersey Devils. And uh, yeah, so we thought we would just bump it back just one hour so we can get this full show in and get you all the things that you need to know because... It's been a long bye week, hasn't it, Rick? Indeed, it has. Um, yeah. And and some, um, you know, it's it's not to say that uh, well, the, the, some of the players might have had their uh, been lying <laughs> on the beach and and getting some rest and relaxation, but we've been uh, we've been pretty busy. Um, yeah. I've just returned <laughs> from the road. Um, I was on the road uh, with the Laval Rocket, as we talked about last week. Yes. They were in uh, Pennsylvania, in, in uh, Lehigh Valley, and then uh, off to Hershey. And then um, Amy Johnson and I uh, were at the AHL All-Star festivities in Springfield, Massachusetts, and, and, uh, and bring some coverage uh, from there, along with um, – the Laval Rocket representative Alex Belzeal and um yeah. and so yeah but there's been there's been tons of things that have been happening um since we've last talked and uh yeah in preparing for this uh, episode 20 um of uh, Canadians Connection the um I'm going to steal your your, your stick here oh um, go for it <laughs> the Peter Mohavlich Peter Mohavlich edition Ah, of, uh, there you uh, go. Canadians. You know, Peter Mahovlich, I, I, I liked Peter Mahovlich as a, as a hockey player, uh, you know, big body and, and very different from Frank, his, his brother. But uh, Peter Mahovlich is, see him on the road all the time, saw him in, in Springfield, and um, we had a chance to say a few words. And uh, one of my favorite, uh, he's a, a scout or a special advisor for the Florida Panthers now, and, and just one of my favorite guys to talk to on the road. Um, always in a great mood, always uh, a great day for hockey. Um, just, uh, you know, just a, a great guy. Yeah. And, um, you know, also a number 20 and, and, uh, I'll slot you into this. This is uh, Valerie Burray. Um, ah. so the Valerie Burray to the Peter Mahovlich here. Well, they're better than my selection of Brian Smolinski, so I'll give you those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you've got me beat this week, sir. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, you so didn't get Manny we'll... Malhotra in there, or? Uh... Oh, that was that's I've I feel like I've disrespected Manny Malhotra. Manny Malhotra, that's a guy right now that the Montreal Canadiens could use, wouldn't it be? Like that'd be a perfect uh, guy sure. for them. Prime Manny Malhotra, just winning some faceoffs, even with that uh, with that that terrible eye injury that he suffered was still a remarkable face-off man. Uh, so yeah, Manny Malhotra, you know, Brian Smolinski, all of them, all the number 20s. Let's, I mean, that's one of the ones that's still going on. So uh, that's one of the ones that hasn't been retired. So this could, uh, yeah, you know, it could still, 
this see this is the problem is that every week that we do this i feel like well you know like this is a jersey number that's been retired so i'm gonna have to dig deep into this to try to get some numbers <laughs> get some guys that wore these but uh yeah so number 20 and number 21 is another one so that'll be an interesting one for next week so the listeners that's that's going to be a little leave them in suspense a little bit for uh for next week <laughs> Uh, so twenty so, is also also one of those ones that you have a lot of broadcasters, current broadcasters, um, Colby Armstrong, Mike Johnson, uh, PJ Stone. Yeah, yeah. Colby Armstrong. But anyway, where are we? Let's do, let's do a bit of a scene set. A scene set. I feel like for fans that may have taken yeah. a, a bit of time off, and w- what's happened? Where are the Canadians? Um, you know. When we last left, uh, when the Canadians last left you, um, they were third in the Atlantic uh, division. Mm -hmm. And we knew that was going to change because with the Canadians off and uh, their competition playing, uh, that they might drop down. Indeed, they have. They're now uh, in a wild card spot, um, the first wild card spot. And they are... um, uh, just below the, the well, actually tied in, in terms of points with Boston, but Boston has the leg up there and, and has yeah. the uh, third position. Columbus just below uh, the Canadians, two points back. And then we have um, uh, Buffalo and Carolina on the outside looking in as far as a, a, a playoff spot. Um, but uh, I think points. it's fair to say that, that um, given the opportunities – for teams like Toronto, um, Boston, um, uh, there wasn't too much ground loss in the week that the Canadians had off. No. And I mean, you look at last night, I mean, the, the, uh, the Leafs lost in Detroit in overtime, which I mean, that it, it, it leaves the door open for possibly today against the New Jersey Devils for the Montreal Canadiens to move past uh, the Boston Bruins for a, a brief moment. And also, you know, be in that, uh, in that conversation as well with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I guess we should, well, because you, uh, you mentioned the other teams, we'll kind of address the elephant in the room and uh, just kind of point out the fact that during this bye week for the Montreal Canadiens and, uh, and the Toronto Maple Leafs as well, uh, the Leafs went out and got Jake Muzzin, who uh, seriously addresses their need for defensemen. And that was a guy that when we were talking about last week, the potential for the Montreal Canadiens to go out and make a move. Sure. That wasn't the guy that a lot of, a lot of people cited because of the cost and the month and you know, that the Toronto Maple Leafs could afford that price uh, evidently with the move being made, but that was the guy that got brought up. And uh, so that, that's one that's off the, uh, off the books for uh, the trade deadline. And uh, that, that's a bit of a big addition for the, for the trauma, please. Is it not? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean the, the uh, Leafs have had, um, Frederick Anderson has been great. They had some goaltending problems when he was uh, mm-hmm. sidelined, but, but the big hole uh, for the, in the lineup of, of the Leafs has been uh, defense and, and, that kind of uh, the addition of Muzzin makes all the difference in the world. And, and one of the reasons that the Canadians had shown some interest way back to um, now it was as rumored uh, at the draft that uh, the deal was in place uh, on the draft floor was uh, Mark Bergevin had uh, made a deal, Max Pacioretty um, for Jake Muzzin and some, some other kind of, you know, um, additions or, uh, to that, but uh, that yeah. that ended up falling apart. Um, 
Now we also spoke about, um, uh, I, I had, I put on my list last week about potential additions to the Canadians lineup trade target, um, and Bukestad from Florida and, and he changed teams. (laughs) That was a, that was a Derek Broussard getting traded ahead of the deadline seems like a, a yearly occurrence at this point. And, uh, that's a, that's a really nice get, I think, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that's going to make things interesting in the Metro division. And that obviously would have ramifications on the wild card and, and where everyone see, uh, is, you know, seated in that regard. So there's going to be some, yeah, and we're going to get into this a little bit later on this show, but we're going to have to have the conversation about what the Montreal Canadiens are up against exactly. Because if you finish in that first wild card spot, then, you know, you're getting the best team in the Metro division and, it, it seems like that's a pretty tight race. I mean, right now the Islanders have uh, gained control uh, somewhat surprisingly, but I mean, there's still a, a long way to go. And if you see the Pittsburgh Penguins gearing up yet again, if you're the Montreal Canadiens right now sitting in that first wild card spot, I think a shiver is up your spine because this is a team that's getting ready for another playoff run. And I think Nick Bugsad could be a huge part of that. I think so too. He's got pretty high upside and, and uh, yeah. hasn't quite shown it this year, but, but there's a, a pretty high ceiling there and, and a good get for, for Pittsburgh. Um, and they realize Rutherford realizes that uh, he has to take advantage of the fact that um, Latang and, and Malkin and, and Crosby are, um, you know, there's, there's uh, a limited shelf life there. And, and, um, yeah. and so he has to, uh, uh, get in and strike uh, while he has the opportunity. And, and, you know, it, it doesn't seem that long ago that, that uh, we we're talking about Pittsburgh uh, being well down in the, in the, the standings. And, and uh, now after yeah. a couple of nice runs, they find themselves up in, in second in the Metro it, division. So. It's all, it, yeah. It's almost as if the standings in November mean almost nothing. Uh, <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's it's crazy though. I mean, they're, they it's it's just this this team that's been doing it for so long, and and I think that, as you say, with with Buke said, the the part of it that was really interesting to me was they were kind of they were pretty outspoken about the fact that they were going to move Derek Broussard. As you say, I think Nick Buke said has a fair bit of upside, and the fact that they were able to get him and Jared McCann for a guy that they were adamant or rather you know uh outspoken about that they were going to look to move that's uh, that's a really good return uh and uh it'll be interesting to see what exactly unfolds in in the metro division uh with respect to the pittsburgh penguins making that move yesterday so so what else yeah. has happened well uh since we've been yeah. on carrie price carrie price was named as uh the molson cup winner for january and um and suitably so. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. he had a five three and zero record, which doesn't sound that exciting. I think we mentioned last week, but one fifty one goals against, nine fifty three save percentage in the month of, <laughs> of uh, January is uh, is pretty solid. Uh, so prior to today's uh, afternoon contest against New Jersey, uh, Carey Price will receive what's sometimes called the Price Cup. Um, will yeah. receive that. Uh, now, Price won't be in action today. The team had yeah. uh, requested that, that Price uh, sit out the All-Star game, so Price has been assessed a, a suspension um, of one game. So Antti Niemi will start 
Michael McNiven has been recalled from uh, Laval. He will be the backup. Uh, those, those are the other changes that were, were made uh, uh, this week um, with, with uh, McNiven uh, being recalled. Uh, Carl Alsner was recalled and sent down about 37 times in this past week <laughs> uh, as they, they did their uh, you know, juggling to make sure that, yeah. that he didn't exceed the number of games for waiver, so on and so on. But uh, Carl Alsner is uh, currently... Uh, <laughs> is uh, on loan to uh, Laval, but he will not play. Uh, did not play last night in Toronto, and he won't play in the afternoon game um, in Toronto this afternoon for the Laval Rocket. Yeah. So with with all of that said, we've gotten all the all the housekeeping taken care of. Shall we dive in with a little bit of an abbreviated version of winners and losers? Let's do it. All right. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers. On the Canadians Connection. Yeah, so the Montreal Canadiens went winless this week. A fact made a lot less concerning by the uh, by stating that they didn't play any games. So it was a little bit of a different addition. It's going to be a bit different for winners and losers. We've gone in different directions. So, Rick, would you like to get us started or shall I? Uh, go ahead. Why don't you go ahead? All right. So, yeah, this past Wednesday, Bell Let's Talk and... You know, this has been a, a, a great initiative from Bell, and we see it every year, the amount of, of, of retweets and, and tweets in general, whether you're – and it's, it's not just Twitter, it's Snapchat, it's, it's Facebook, it's Instagram, whatever it is. And, you know, it, with every hashtag Bell Let's Talk, Five Cents gets uh, donated to uh, mental health initiatives. And, you know, I thought that this, this is – a great time to recognize team members for all Habs and also the Canadians organization. And I know that a lot of different sports teams take part in this and, and, you know, it's great to see that all of these teams are using their platforms, all these players. I mean, I know that Max Domi was very active on the day. Uh, You know, you had Archery Lekkinen and Brendan Gallagher making, uh, making tweets about it. And also Angela Price with, with her spin that was uh, with, with respect to First Nations youth, of, of course, with Carrie Price's ties to a First Nations community in, in, in Vancouver. So, you know, it was, or British Columbia rather, it, but it was great to see all of those, all of those tweets, all of those retweets on my timeline. And, and with respect to the All Habs team, uh, waking up in the morning and, and Matt Smith from the, at, uh, the Habs Unfiltered podcast already underway starting his tweets and retweets. Uh, Blaine and Treg and, and, and Matt with the Habs Unfiltered podcast already underway. Caitlin Gollum, she wrote an article of fan focus, Habs fans, or rather hockey fans, come together to support Let's Talk. And, and that's a great article. If you haven't read it yet, give it a read. And, and she was active the entire day. And even, uh, you know, she did this last year as well, I know, where she uh, put up the, uh, if, if she reached so many tweets, she would get a Maple Leafs tattoo and she's obviously a uh, lifelong Habs fan. So that was the incentive uh, for, for many people to, uh, to retweet that tweet in particular. And, and, you know, it's, it's great to see that all of this is happening surrounding such a, you know, a worthy cause that, that affects so many people and and really affects us all. And, And it's great that, that this initiative has each year, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and, you know, eventually, I mean, you'd like to get to the point where this is 
an everyday conversation. And I think we're getting closer to that, but I mean, uh, you know, there's still steps to be taken, but, but this day, the Bell Let's Talk day, the way that this thing has really just taken off in such an incredible way, it gives you hope for a future where this could be a, a conversation that's, that, that, that's had daily because, you know, it's, unfortunately there's, and it feels bad to recognize it, but there are, still the times where it isn't exactly the, uh, you know, uh, the conversation isn't being had, but you know what, we, we focus on the positives and, and we had some great people on our team. We had all of the, the great athletes that were, that were sharing it out, all of the celebrities. And it's, and it's great because this is such a worthy cause. Caitlin is, uh, she's been with us for, for a long time. She, she kind of takes the, the fan perspective and, and this, yeah. Uh, the Let's Talk Day is is very near and dear to her heart. Um, she's a passionate individual. She wrote an article uh, not too long ago on about her first visit to uh, Montreal and the Bell Center and yeah. how it touched her. And and obviously this is something that really touches her. She you know she both impresses me and scares the hell out of me at the same time <laughs> because you know a diehard uh, Canadians fan and she has a. Uh, uh, a tattoo close to her hearts uh, of the Canadians, but uh, has, you know, during these, the last two years has offered to get a lease tattoo uh, if her retweets yeah. exceed uh, <laughs> a certain number. And she's grabbed the attention of Bar Down and, and TSN and Hockey Night in Canada. And, and they've had to kind of move her, her, her tweet along and spread it to, to uh, yeah. um, a number of people. And I think this year, like the the total uh, was seven point two million. The Let's Talk uh, campaign raised. Um, uh, I believe that's the total. And I think Caitlin, with her, um, the number of tweets and retweets, uh, she calculated out um, her contribution or, or or her support was about seventeen or eighteen hundred dollars uh, with all yeah. of um, what she did. So. Um, that's great. And, and um, I think she, she offered, uh, if the tattoo didn't work out, she offered kind of runner-up prizes. And uh, one of those was, <laughs> was to put go leaves on her face uh, for four or five days, which she's done and, and posted to her Instagram. Um, uh, she drew a go leaves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's, it's, Dedication. it's all great. Yeah. Um, it's, um, you know, it's kind of odd because um, if you want a, a positive, immediate positive impact on your mental health, uh, get off social media. Um, yeah. The data on that is quite clear and conclusive. But but uh, in this way, uh, a positive aspect of social media, using it to yeah. raise some money. Um, and yeah, and, and that's that's part of it as well is uh, social media can sometimes and this is the day where you see some of the best of it. But sometimes you also see the worst of it. And, and that would lead into your, uh, your loser of the week. Well, yeah, we, um, as I said, uh, we have, um, um, fans, uh, highlighted in both our winner and loser. And, and, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the word fan comes from fanatical and, and there's going to be fanatical in terms of passionate and there's going to be fanatical in terms of, uh, you know, much more negative, uh, connotations. And, um, you know, all my interactions uh, with with players, well, let's say all 
all my interactions except one have been extremely <laughs> positive. Um, and uh, I, I was able to, in our Brush With Greatness segment last week, I was able to talk about um, Saku Koivu and, and uh, what a great experience just meeting him uh, in the grocery store. Um, and, you know, I've, I've had similar sorts of, of, of uh, interactions with Ken Dryden and, and Jean Beliveau and, and uh, um, Peter Mahavich, like I talked about earlier. Um, um, <laughs> one, one of the guys I would love to meet is Dick Duff. Um, just, uh, you know, a heart and soul kind of guy, almost like a Gall- Gallagher guy of, of yeah. the era, a clutch kind of playoff guy. Love to meet Dick Duff someday. Um, the only negative one was was uh, Guillaume Latendresse and and Jose Theodore, which I'll save for a story for another time. But um, I, I, you know, every one of those, I, I just talked to. I, I did I get a selfie from them? Did I get autographs? Did I, no. And 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 we see kind of the negative side coming out where where fans are are a little bit uh, have high expectations, have uh, almost feel yeah. entitled. Um, yeah, making demands on players that um, are kind of uh, unreasonable and rude. Um, and, you know, in the celebrity world, we see um, this celebrity and that celebrity has, has decided not to give autographs anymore. Um, yeah. We don't have that in, in hockey because hockey players are pretty down to earth, for the most part, pretty down to earth. Um, but I can see it getting to that point. Um, there was just an awful incident at, um, not all, well, it, it just uncomfortable incident at the AHL All-Star game where um, at the end of the skills competition, um, and I should say at, at the AHL All-Star game, they take the glass down on the sides uh, to give yeah. fans, uh, you know, a chance to interact with the players and the players are interacting completely throughout the game and and then at the end there's an autograph session and all the players go over and they sign autographs and they shake hands and they meet fans and they pose for pictures and it's a great opportunity there was one obnoxious little guy that was demanding a stick i'm not going to mention the the name of the player um and uh, it's it's not in the ahl these guys don't have uh endorsements contracts with yeah, you know they pay for their sticks, and and um, these sticks are expensive. And when they're traveling, they bring three sticks with them to the event, and they, there was still a game to go. Um, yeah, and this little obnoxious kid was was demanding a stick from a particular player, and the player had to respond rather uncomfortably, like, "Well, no, no, I just got these, and 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 I need them for the game," and and. You know, I, I I don't just just forget about you for a minute. Forget about yeah. the autograph. Forget about just just enjoy the experience. You know, um, put down the phone for a minute because the resolution in, in live is really good. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, it's it, and. We were reminded again of the nastiness of of fans uh, and the 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 entitlement kind of nature of fans in a, a letter shared by um, Angela Price on her Instagram stories, um, and and she posted this and and um, and just said, um, Michael from Mississauga. From now on, anything that comes um, 
through the mail from you will be uh, put directly in the trash. And I'm not going to go through the, read the letter, but um, it was a letter sent to Carrie Price. um, And it was very, very uh, rude, uh, critical, um, uh, um, profane, um, and, and just called Carrie Price, every name on the book in the book and, and uh, how, what a terrible uh, goaltender he was. And then, Asked him to sign stuff. <laughs> asked, yeah. asked him to sign hockey cards. Um, disgusting. Absolutely disgusting, Michael, from Mississauga. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, players have to deal with it, or in this case, a player's wife. Because uh, as mm-hmm. she said, Carrie never saw, ever saw this. Uh, she intercepted it and, and uh, screened it. And um, so just to kind of... There, there are wonderful fans, and the vast majority are are that. But, but let's let's temper your um, this this notion of entitlement. Uh, these yeah. guys are people, and and uh, they deserve yeah. to be treated with respect. Yeah, and and, and you know uh, she she screened it justifiably so because as you said it was profane, and it was just flat out disrespectful of of a human being, and and that's the part of it as you mentioned that gets forgotten is that these people and it's not just hockey players it could be all athletes throughout all sport celebrities whether musicians they are treated like they are these these things they're they're not human and i understand from the perspective of a fan seeing someone that you idolize but at the same time it's a human being and they have actual human feelings and if you you know it it just it that's the part of it that and i immediately thought of there's a story that I saw on Twitter about a, a wrestler named Pete Dunn, who's a, he's a British wrestler, and, and he's, a, he's a young guy, but he's got, he's, got a, he's got a kid. And anyways, there was someone that wanted to get an autograph or a picture, and he had his kid in his hand, and he was like, no, I have, I have my child with me. I can't, I can't stop and get a picture. And, and, that was the, and this person went out and, and said you know, some, some disparaging things about this guy, and all he was doing was walking with his son or, or, his, or his child it, it just it that's the part of of you know as as you say it's fans are fanatical that's where the word derives and uh, unfortunately we see the best and the worst of that in some cases and this this letter was everything that's terrible about uh some some fans anyways and and like like you say it's good that these people are not the majority that you know they, there are there are fans out there that are very respectful that just idolize and 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 love these players from afar and are not going to do anything that would uh, that would you know be disrespectful towards them. So, anyways, <laughs> with all that said, I suppose it'll be uh, just about that time to move on. And uh, yeah, so when we come back, we're just going to take a little bit of a break. We're going to talk about all of this uh, new player tracking technology and maybe dive in a little bit to transparency and the Montreal Canadiens. So when we get back from this break, we will talk about all that. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, We want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, 
translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection. We were talking about our winners and losers of the week and basically just recapping everything that's gone on in this week where the Montreal Canadiens haven't done anything. So uh, <laughs> getting you set for this uh, this early matinee game against the New Jersey Devils. So we're going to talk a little bit about something that was really interesting about All-Star Weekend, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the Montreal Canadiens. So, Rick, I'll let you take control, take the wheel. <laughs> Well, in terms of being able to uh, uh, predict um, predict uh, players' uh, uh, behavior, um, we had uh, um, an event today that that predicts the weather, and that is uh, Groundhog Day, ah. uh, Punxsutawney Phil, and uh, Wyerton Willie. I guess those are the two predominant uh, ones on both sides of the border. Both. They are in agreement. Um, they are predicting <laughs> a uh, an early spring. Um, so for all of those of us caught in the uh, the chill of the polar vortex, um, there's good news on the way. Well, now, at least they're being transparent and letting us know. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm I'm hoping that that. Uh, you know, there's there's not so much snake oil in the in the uh, the, the NHL's new uh, system, and um, it was it was one of the uh, the things that uh, I don't think got got the play that that you might have expected, um, mm-hmm. given its relative impact on the game, uh, its potential impact on the game uh, over the next few years, and that's the uh, the player tracking um, and uh, and data. Um, and we did see um, um, uh, a, a couple of screens that uh, gave us a kind of a glimpse of, of what it might look like, um, uh, w- what kind of information is being collected. And, and um, you know, there, there was one instance um, where uh, John Tavares um, was near was surrounded by three defenders and there was kind of a triangle and and uh how far are how far away were they 
Um, and, and it was there. You could track it. It was, it was, it was displayed. And, and, um, I guess, you know, uh, the balance is, um, there's a lot more information available, but, um, is this important and why is it important? Um, (laughs) you know, it's, taught stats and and um i'd always mention in my class just because you can measure it 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 doesn't make it meaningful (laughs) and so all those questions well we think back um i think back to kind of the early days of of uh of of counting counting let's just put it in the most simplistic terms and um you know when when people were first uh, mentioning corsi as as this this godlike measurement um there was there was somebody who's touting um completed passes as a way for evaluating players and at the time um they were making the case that thomas caberlet was the most valuable member of the canadian's defense corps because he completed the most passes um mm. which was ludicrous to the eye test of course debatable <laughs> um, it, it was silly it was it was absolutely <laughs> silly um and i mentioned corsi and and corsi is of course uh the number of shot attempts and we're told or at least advocates tell us that that means possession and that possession is good the more possession the team has the better yeah but corsi isn't possession it approximates possession it doesn't measure possession what it says is um it assumes that if you're getting more shot attempts that you've had the puck more often and okay in some cases that's a reasonable assumption but we can we can think of all kinds of of instances where where teams cycle the puck uh they have possession but they don't necessarily get a shot attempt and 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 so all of those uh, all of that part is missed. Um, so we need something more precise. And, and uh, you know, this goes back to um, the, the early days of the, the Fox tracks, um, the, the system that Fox built in, in, in the mid-90s, um, more, more colloquial called the glow puck. Um, yeah, <laughs> when there was a desire for to make the game more understandable for American audiences, and and the Fox Tracks was kind of a certainly a, a disaster uh, for Canadian audiences, and and certainly a point of ridicule. But it went on to be that same technology went on to be used in in NASCAR and and uh, the NFL. The way they calculate first down, that's the that the genesis of that that technology was was fox tracks yeah um it's something that 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 the nhl has always wanted and always flirted with but um it's like it's 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 not it's it's not like the nfl where they have long breaks between downs to talk about stats and deliver information um it's the the puck moves far too quick the 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 NFL well the 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 MLB uses uses tracking uh, a camera based system for their tracking um yeah. and in fact Bettman announced uh that there was going to be no sensors no a couple of years ago he announced this and and said it, they were focusing on a camera based tracking system and it was a, an utter failure 
um, tested during the World Cup uh, 2016. So they've moved back to this this uh, this sensor-based system where they have um, 14 or 15 um, uh, antennas throughout the arena. Um, they put sensors in the players' shoulder pads, so it's wearable tracking technology. Um, those shoulder pad sensors are sampled uh, 200 times every second, so you can you can um, figure out where the player is, time on ice, what they're doing when they have it. Um, they have special pucks. Those pucks are are sampled 2,000 times a second. Um, and it's been used, it was used in the All-Star game. It's been used in a couple of regular season games as well. Uh, Vegas was, was one of the places it's been, in, been used. Mm. And um, kind of the, 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 the reason this has moved along a little more quickly, uh, I think, than, than all the other um, attempts was its application for sports betting. Um, yeah. Uh, now that sports betting has become legal in North America, uh, the NHL not so long ago announced a, uh, its first partner in the MGM Grand um, that they are going to share this player tracking data with, and it's going to be used for um, in-game bets. Um, I mean, very specific stuff. Um, you know, next goal. Is it going to be, uh, and you can bet, is it going to be a five-hole goal? Is it going to be a glove-side goal? Going to be a wraparound? Yeah. Um, <laughs> all with, all with, with uh, uh, made possible by, by this tracking. And so all of this is going to start to move, I think, um, pretty quickly. And um, all of this information is going to be available, or is it? Because, you know, that's something that first hurdle is, is the CBA, and, and there's another one yet to be negotiated with the NHLPA. Uh, do all players want this available? And apparently yeah. in the players' union, there's a bit of a split on this um, of wh- whether, they, whether they want this or not. Um, and the other part is going to be teams. Um, do they want all this information out there? Um, we know that that uh, Toronto, two teams, Toronto and Carolina, they've they've uh, spent a lot of money, a lot of resources building out their their analytics departments, and they can they are ca- uh, collecting uh, a lot of this information already. Um, and when I was at the the uh, All Star festivities in uh, for the AHL in Springfield. Um, Dave Andrews, the, the president and CEO of the AHL, had a state of the league uh, address. And I asked him, um, you know, where's this going with, with data and information, the collection and dissemin- dissemination and, and the connection with sports bet- betting? And, and um, uh, uh, the AHL is, is, uh, provides less information than the NHL right now. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's not that's not Dave Andrews, or that's not the AHL. That's that's teams, that's NHL GMs who don't want information out there um, on their on their uh, prospects um, in a yeah. developmental sense. Uh, we can't even get uh, time on ice information um, mm-hmm. from the NHL. No, we can. 
Um, and Dave Andrews uh, was very open and frank and said that um, he thinks that, um, yes, this is, this, is, this is the case now, but that uh, teams would have to be a little bit more open and um, that it's moving in that direction, especially, especially propelled by sports betting. And, and that he expects that, that the league um, with their board of governors will be having these conversations very soon. Um, I know that Elliot Friedman uh, kind of jumped the gun and reported that, that the AHL was going to be releasing time of ice information in his 31 thoughts. That's not quite what Dave Andrews said, uh, just that it's something that they're going to explore. Um, yeah. But it, 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 it kind of ties in uh, with the Montreal Canadiens, and um, they talked about being more open and more transparent <laughs> with, uh, with their information. And, I think we, we have to kind of check on whether that's, uh, that's been true or not. Yeah. And we've seen instances, I mean, you know, they came out this summer and they said that this was going to be something that they put a little bit more stock into and something that was going to be of more importance. And I'm not exactly sure that we've seen that. And I know that there are people that, you know, want to give the organization the benefit of the doubt, but I, I don't know if there's legitimate reason to do that. And there's an example just the other day of, of them not exactly being transparent and open with their fans. I think, yeah, I mean, this goes back um, to last March, I think it was middle of March yeah, um, where the Canadians announced that senior VP Donald Beauchamp, who had been with the organization for 25 years um, was was leaving. Uh, it was two. It was about two weeks before the end of the season um, that it was announced that Beauchamp was um, was leaving, and and um, you know people at that point were wondering if if this was a sign that that secrecy was being lifted. And and the interesting part of it was that prior to this announcement. Um, a few days in advance, uh, Rajon Tremblay wrote a uh, Rajon Tremblay, well, um, you know, popular on on the French media side. Um, he wrote a, a just a scathing uh, uh, column a um, few days prior, uh, scathing uh, about the Canadians' communication uh, department, and talked about it being um, unlike the the the, the KGB is the KGB of the Canadians. Um, and that, that Beauchamp was responsible for erecting the, you know, an iron curtain, uh, from the media. Um, and, uh, then, you know, oddly a few days later, it was announced that, um, that, uh, Beauchamp would be leaving. Um, he didn't, um, yeah, his, the, the leave was, came into effect after the season, but May 15th, he left, and a few days later, um, Canadians announced that they were hiring Paul Wilson, uh, the senior VP of Affairs and Communications. Now, the question at the time was, you know, was it was it Beauchamp's fault, or is this a closed door culture um, of the Montreal Canadiens? Yeah. Um, and and I know that that uh, being more transparent in their their um, year end uh, news conference with Mark Bergevin and and um, 
uh, Jeff uh, Molson. Um, they talked about being more transparent. And at that time, um, um, Mark Bergevin said, you know, I don't know why I can't tell you uh, when we make signings, I can't tell you the, the salary. It's, it's, just, I, I, it's a policy and I don't, I don't know who makes that policy and why it is. And I mean, uh, so now the Canadians have started announcing salary information. It was a, it's a small change because um, in the past, the Canadians would, would announce a signing and say, you know, uh, by our policy, we don't uh, announce salary. And then five minutes later, they would leak the information to René Lavoie and, and it would be out yeah. anyways. So yeah. I don't think there's much change there. Um, Paul Wilson scrapped the, um, the pocket calendar, uh, the Canadian's pocket calendar, much to the dismay of Chris G, um, our, our <laughs> friend and consultant on this podcast. Um, and, uh, they said they would be more transparent with respect to injuries. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but has any of that happened? And, and the curious case of, of both Noah Juleson and Mike McCarron, um, every single game, um, our, 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 uh, the, uh, the broadcasters at 91.9, uh, Raphael and Anthony would ask, um, when we saw Joel Bouchard, we asked, um, what's the deal with, with, uh, Noah Jolson and, and Mike McCarron and, and, um, never, never would they, they reveal what's, what's happening. And it was mm-hmm. finally this week where um, uh, the French media um, revealed that Mike McCarron has a shoulder injury uh, and there's concern whether he'll be back uh, this season. And they also yeah. revealed that uh, Noah Juleson has a, a potentially career-ending uh, eye injury that he got when, yeah. when he got the facial fracture. And that's the only reason that the Canadians were forced to put out a statement saying uh, that didn't say a lot that confirmed uh, the eye injury. And, and they, I, I guess they responded to, to not only the French media, but, but also Juleson's agent who came out and said um, what was wrong with his, his client. Yeah. So when, when the media and the agent, you know, are coming out and saying things and it's forcing the Canadians to respond, are they any more transparent? Um, and interestingly, in the Canadians' um, prepared statement, press release, they said, uh, out of respect, uh, no further information will be forthcoming. Since when is, is that? Normally, there's <laughs> updates on how the injury recovery is progressing. Um, yeah. since when is that, that, that makes it sound worse. That makes it sound. Yeah. Uh, so what is going on with the Montreal Canadians, their, their lack of openness, their lack of transparency when, uh, I, uh, less than a year ago, they, they committed to doing exactly the opposite. Yeah. And like, it's really just with injuries because, you know, um, a lot of people would, would, you know, uh, would say that you know, a team probably shouldn't let things leak. But in this kind of a case where you have a guy that has a career-threatening, potentially career-threatening injury like Noah Juleson, you'd think that they would be a little bit more on top of this and, and, and you know, a little bit more 
uh, out in the open and, and letting this kind of get out there. And, 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 and obviously this, as you say, it's a little bit strange that they would, would say that, uh, that there'd be no more information that would be coming from this, given that that's the regular course of action that we see with any player that suffers any injury ever, <laughs> you know, you, you usually get a couple of updates on, on how he's, how he's doing. And um, it did seem, it, it sounded a little bit more ominous when you, when you hear that there will be no more information that is going to be provided on, on Noah Juleson. So that was uh, uh, concerning. The one thing that I thought of immediately is Yes, they when they came out and they said this, it was this big thing. And there were two instances right away, and I, I completely forgot about it uh, right up until now. The first thing that happened that offseason that I was like, okay, what are you talking about, was when they announced that Shea Weber was going to have knee surgery, and he was going to be out until mid-December. And they had just talked about being transparent and being open, and I understand that, you know, like, I'm not going to say that I know more you know because it's medicine it's not it's not easy there's no clear-cut thing but you could have probably said that a little bit earlier on there there would have been probably hints that this was going to be the way that this went with respect to Shea Weber who who didn't play for basically what it was like a November on last season and then I mean you'd have to think they might have known something a little bit before that but uh, regardless the next thing that happened was the Max Pacioretty ordeal and that whole debacle about whether or not they would go to his golf tournament for charity and all of that. And it just made this whole thing a little bit more laughable because you have this organization that is talking about being more open and being more transparent and, and letting information that the fans should probably have, or at least they should be a little bit more privy to get out. And, you know, it just kind of, it just kind of showed that it was a bad. It was kind of a bad omen for this entire thing, where they said that they were gonna they were gonna do this, and they were gonna be more transparent. And you have them kind of hiding about Max uh, Max Pacioretty's golf tournament up until there was enough bad press that they were like, "All right, okay, we'll go." And you know, it was that kind of an that start that kind of let me know that this wasn't going to be any different from the Montreal Canadiens that we had seen, at least in terms of of player uh, in terms of public relations than we had seen for the past five, 10 years. And of course the most kind of famous or infamous uh, incident of them all was, was uh, Carrie Price's injury a couple of years ago. Where, yeah, um, exactly. You know, they just hid and hid and hid and, 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 and not only weren't transparent, they, they flat out lied about it. And, and, uh, and we're in uh, a, a deep difficulty with respect to, to goaltending and, and uh, Mark Bergevin kind of waited too long to, to act on that. And, and it became a, a lost season. Um, but I, th- I, I, you know, I understand it's a balance. I understand yeah. that it's, it's um, this is uh, if Juleson, if the word on Juleson is uh, as, as, uh, difficult as as we fear it to be, it's going to change yeah. or it could change uh, Mark Bergevin's um, uh, draft or, or um, uh, 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 trade deadline strategy. Um, but by withholding information, I mean I, I talk to to scouts all the time, and they're not dumb. They know what's going on. Particularly, yeah. they know how to decipher um this this 
this Canadian speak. Um, so that it, 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 you know, they're not, uh, Mark Brugerman, um, is not fooling anyone. Um, he's just better off being, being direct and, and, uh, particularly, um, in this case when it's, when it's a real promising prospect, um, yeah. it's, um, uh, you know, it's a, it's a scary time for him. Um, it really is. Yeah, and you just hope the best for Noah Juleson. I mean, he looked so good in that opening part of the season without Shea Weber, and he was he was someone that I was talking about just uh, just last week. I was wondering what was going on with Noah Juleson because he seemed like a guy that maybe the Montreal Canadiens, I mean, at some point you could probably use to bring him back up. But, of course, now knowing what we know, you just kind of hope for the best for Noah Juleson, a guy that looks like he's got a, a very promising career ahead of him. Hopefully it's not taken away before he even gets started. Um, so we'll have to wait and, and see what information is actually uh, is made uh, privy to to uh, the general public about Noah Juleson. Uh, so you said Mark Bergevin's strategy for the trade deadline. After a quick break, we're going to discuss what exactly the Montreal Canadiens are up against to compete for a playoff spot. Maybe we'll decide. Uh, maybe we'll see if they, uh, there's any moves to be made. And we also have the question of the week that we threw out earlier when Andrew Shaw returns to the roster. Who should be and who will be the odd man out? So we're going to get to all of that after a quick break. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back. 
back here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We just had because this this uh, podcast is happening so uh, so uh, well just right before the Montreal Canadiens uh, set off in their uh, matinee game this afternoon. The uh, lineup just got tweeted out. Hey, Rick. Uh, indeed, it did. Um, right. I, we knew uh, in advance that uh, Antiniemi would be starting against uh, New Jersey, uh, as I mentioned earlier. Michael McNiven. Recent call-up uh, will be the backup, uh, leaving um, Lindgren to start later today against the Marlies uh, in Lavelle, uh, uh, for Lavelle. Um, but uh, we also know that uh, Chapu and Agostino will be healthy scratches today, uh, mm-hmm. yielding a fourth line of Houdon, Pekka, and Delorier. Um, That's so, um, yeah, uh, it's... Uh, um, a little bit of a change um, and perhaps giving um, uh, one, one additional opportunity for Charles Houdon to, um, to prove himself. And, and uh, our Canadians connection um, question of the week submitted by our good friend, uh, Chris G. Yeah. Um, we asked uh, with, um, with Andrew Shaw, uh, poised and ready to come back into the lineup. Uh, he hasn't got clearance yet, which is the reason he won't be in the yeah. two weekend matinees, but he's, he'll be back soon. Um, with Andrew Shaw coming back to the lineup, uh, in your opinion, who should be the odd man out and who will be the odd man out M- might be the same, might be different. Um, yeah. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, well, we are looking forward to your responses on that. And we'll read a few um, uh, coming up in just a few minutes. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, before we get there, would you like to talk about what the Canadians have to do to compete in with with the, with everything that's happening around them that we mentioned off the top of the show with the Leafs going out, getting Jake Muzzin, uh, I, the Penguins? I mean, that might have an impact on whether or not, on a, if the Montreal may, if Montreal does make it who they're playing in the, in the Metro division, if they're in the wild card spot. So what do you think has to be done for the Montreal Canadiens to actually compete for that playoff spot? Well, it's a, it's a delicate balance. Cause as we talked about yeah. last week, um, Mark Bergevin has already signaled that he's not giving up his first round pick, um, which put them out of the Jake Muzzin uh, sweepstakes. Cause there was a first round pick there. He's yeah. uh, indicated that, any of the prospects that played at the world juniors uh, are not in play. So it's, it uh, now there, there are other draft picks um, that, that could be added. Um, but uh, he's seems so in, in his estimation um, that, uh, that, that this isn't the season to, to take a big run at things. Um, yeah. that uh, making the playoffs would be, uh, would be nice. Um, but we're starting to see, and, but he did say, Mark Bergevin did say that any moves he makes would likely be not a rental, but, but um, help the club in the future. And uh, I mentioned uh, Shane Goss's beer uh, from the Flyers who may be uh, expendable there, giving all the, given all their young defensemen. I mentioned that last week and, I see yeah. in the French media that Gostas Beer is being talked about quite a bit as someone who can, who would certainly help, um, would fit quite nicely with, with Shea Weber on paper anyway. Um, yeah. And would be one of those guys who uh, could help um, 
for the not only this uh, run but but for the future. Um, you know, it's it's as I said, a delicate balance. The the Pittsburgh is loading up, uh, Toronto's loading up, and and um, um, will Montreal um, uh, help themselves this year or or make a move that helps uh, yeah. for the long term? And the part about the Shane Goss Bear you mentioned uh, on paper being a good partner for Shea Weber. The good thing about Shea Weber is I think that anybody that on paper looks like he could be a good partner for Shea Weber is a good partner for Shea Weber because it just he's, he brings these you know he's kind of the uh, the rising tide that that brings up all all of the boats and whatnot. So uh, whatever that metaphor is, I don't know if I said it correctly or not, but you know he kind of brings everyone up a peg and brings everyone up that one level. And and Shane Goss is fair kind of not where he was in terms of uh, I know that he got off to such a great start to his career that anything else afterwards would be uh, it'd be difficult to get back there. But uh, you know, I think this, that, that would make sense. And as you say, it would, uh, would fit a, a need in the short and long term. And, and the Montreal Canadiens power play could certainly be aided by a, uh, by a puck mover like Shane Goss bear on that left side. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if they do anything or if uh, if they just stay out of it altogether because of the uh, the asking prices of, of those guys that uh, that could maybe deter them from from doing something. So uh, we'll have also, to wait and see. It also is going to depend on what happens in the in the first two weeks of February. The Canadians Very have true, yeah. have um, kind of two overlapping important segments here. Um, there's a five-game homestand, and the Canadians haven't been that great at home. I think they're mid-pack as far as uh, their home um, um, success rate goes. Uh, they have five games um, in basically a week. Um, uh, New Jersey today, uh, Edmonton uh, Sunday, uh, Anaheim Tuesday, Winnipeg um, Thursday, and the Leafs next Saturday. Uh, so that's going to be critical, but also um, then four games. And I said it was an overlap. You got four games, uh, two at home, two away against the top two teams in the East and against the yeah. top two teams in the West, which is, I think going to be a real good measure of, of what the Canadians have. There's, there's the uh, Winnipeg Toronto at home, and then there's Nashville and Tampa Bay on the road. So, um, we've, we've kind of, as we've talked about the season and the schedule, we've kind of broken up and broken it up into impactful kind of segments. And I think we're, we're at the point where we're, we're going to be, um, experiencing another one and, and it should be a very good, uh, test and, and, and provide us with some insight and also perhaps, uh, uh, steer the direction that, that Mark Bergevin will go at the trade deadline. Yeah, that is going to be a tough test. Uh, that is schedule makers not doing Montreal any favors with that uh, with that stretch of games my goodness uh, <laughs> but you know it's it'll be interesting there's obviously a lot of factors that are going to be uh, that are going to determine whether or not Montreal is uh, an active team at the deadline or whether or not they they go for it in uh, you know in, in respect to a playoff run uh, for this season because of all of the uh, the uh, impressive players that they had at the world juniors and then their unwillingness to give up a first round pick it might lead some to believe that perhaps it might not be the time for them to, uh, to be active, but Mark Bergevin's never been afraid to make a big move before. So who knows? 
so I guess we'll dive in with the question of the week. And, and you mentioned it earlier that uh, Chris G, our friend Chris G, helped us out this week with the question of the week. When Andrew Shaw returns to the roster, who should be and who will be the odd man out? And we have gotten a lot of responses to this one on Twitter. This one has really, uh, this one really took off with, uh, I think it's, it's a hot topic for sure because the Montreal Canadiens, they've got, they've got some forwards up there with them, with them at the moment. And, you know, it seems like a lot of them have uh, turned their attention towards Charles Udon, and that would be Chris G actually himself, who says, I think Udon will be placed on waivers once Shaw returns. And that kind of opened up the floodgates for, uh, for everyone else because uh, our friend Blaine Popan as well, Houdon is the odd man out. He hasn't proven he can provide anything others can't. You have uh, Matt Smith, who says, uh, I believe if a deal cannot be reached to move Charles Houdon, he'll be placed on waivers to make room for Andrew Shaw. And, you know, you just have a lot of other people. I mean, you have some that are throwing out uh, Pekka. And, uh, uh, you have Delorier getting thrown out there. You have Chapu being thrown out there a little bit. It's kind of all over the place at the moment, but it seems that a lot of people have, have uh, honed in on Charles Udon, and, and that's, uh, as you mentioned last week, uh, Lacadienne, who says, I like the kid a lot, but Houdon is the odd man out. Delorier, Chapu all bring something to the table, face-offs, PK, physical play, and Agostino is uh, Julian's fave. Just throw that one in there to, to, not make, to make sure that he's just completely out of the mix. Um, you have David Hamilton. Easy, it's Pekka, overrated, and MB made a mistake giving him two-year contract based on, on small sample size. Uh, yeah, and uh, others saying Chapu. I don't see the appeal around Chapu. He's the odd man out, in my opinion, and that's coming from Matt at Top Cheese 17 That's a lovely Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we have a lot, of, a lot of different opinions, but it seems, at least from, uh, from this from my perspective, that looks like Charles Udon is. Uh, it looks like he's probably the uh, the leader at this point. And as you say, he's in the lineup today. As uh, Agostino and Chapu are, are not in that lineup, and you have Pekka and Delorier there as well. Two other guys that were mentioned a little bit. So maybe a uh, a last sort of a tryout for all three of those guys to separate themselves uh, from uh, the rest of the pack. And just uh, kind of an indication of how important Andrew Shaw has been uh, to the lineup. Uh, after a pretty slow start, um, he's uh, afforded himself nicely 36 games this season. He has 24 points, 11 goals, uh, 13 assists. Um, he's been out since the 3rd of January with a, a neck injury. Um, and, um, and at that point was looking pretty good with Max Domi and Jonathan Duran. Uh, although yeah. that, that line has been dismantled since then. So it'll be interesting to see where, where he's placed, but, uh, so far he's missed 11 games. Uh, we'll miss two more and, uh, then perhaps we'll see him back in, uh, in this coming week. And it'll be, uh, it'll be great to have him back and then also get Paul Byron back who, uh, I believe is serving his last the last game of his suspension, or is it his second last game? I believe um, it's one or the other. <laughs> yeah, I, th- hmm. I thought Paul Byron That's, was back, but but <laughs> I don't. Um, well, he, I yeah. thought that. Uh, uh, anyways, I might be wrong. Uh, but uh, getting him back, as along with Paul Byron, and also having Yoel Armia, these are three guys that the Montreal Canadiens went without an extended period of time. 
without three of those guys. And those are all guys that are capable of being very good secondary players for the, uh, for the Montreal Canadiens and getting all of them back at the one time would be huge. And uh, that might be something that, uh, that, that could really help out the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, you're, you're playing uh, a lot of guys uh, a little bit higher than perhaps they should be. And uh, yeah, so getting all of those guys back will be huge. And, uh, and hopefully once he returns, he can return to the form that he was, uh, he was in earlier this season, as you say, with, uh, with, 24 points. I mean, he's, he's really turned it around. He's really, after a rough start, he's really turned it around. So it'll be interesting to see how he performs when he returns. Uh, so I guess we'll wrap things up because, boy, it's been, it's almost, what, an hour until game time, a little less than an hour until the Montreal Canadiens face the New Jersey Devils. So uh, we will let you guys get ready for the game because we don't want you guys to be late. We want you guys to be right there, ready to go at 3.30. <laughs> So that would be Newfoundland time, by the way, just uh, just in case you don't get confused. That's Newfoundland time. But, uh, yeah, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection. You can follow on, on Facebook and Instagram as well, at Habs Connection. You can follow Rick on Twitter. He's going to be tweeting up a storm with the Habs playing the New Jersey Devils, at All Habs. You follow me on Twitter, at JoeWhalen19. And, yeah, if you uh, if you if you'd like, you can uh, subscribe to Rocket Sports Radio on all your favorite podcasting platforms. You get this podcast, the AHL Report podcast, uh, from the Press Box. You got the Have a Listen podcast and Habs Unfiltered podcast. So get all of them if you hit subscribe. It's a nice four-for-one deal. <laughs> so, Rick, would you like to say anything before we go? Well, and, and uh, from the Press Box, because uh, the AHL Report team will be uh, – um, uh, giving you full coverage of the um, uh, Laval Rocket versus the uh, Toronto Marlies later this afternoon. And uh, and just enjoy. Happy uh, Groundhog Day again. Enjoy your yeah. Super Bowl weekend and enjoy uh, two matinee games of uh, Canadians hockey. Yeah, best weekend of the year. It's the uh, not I don't, I don't like football, but uh, the two uh, the two matinee hockey games, I'll take those. I'll take those all day. So, uh, yeah, enjoy the game. And uh, we'll be right back with you next week at our regular time. That is uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, 2.30 Newfoundland time. So you'll, you can, we'll be right back where we usually are this week because of the uh, Super Bowl matinee games went just, a, just an hour earlier. So next week, if you want to listen live, we'll be right back to 1 p.m. Eastern and 2.30 Newfoundland time. So we will talk to you then. Enjoy the game. And thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.